And I'm going to record here. Welcome everybody to another episode of Humans Make Games. I'm your host Steve, and I am joined by Tony Munoz of Wollum LTD. Um, Tony, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day and hanging out with me today. No, thank you very much, Stephen. I'm very thrilled about this. Good. So first off, um, Tony, we were talking a little bit about why we do our Humans Make Games segment. We really want to just get to know people that make video games. I think a lot of people that play have a desire to also make video games because it's it's part of our passion. We're like, man, I would love to be involved in a project like that. So I really enjoy getting to talk to developers and learn how they also started in video games because I think that's it seems like everyone has a different path. It's different for every single person that we've talked to. So um, why don't you tell us, uh, Tony, how did you get started in the video game industry? Well, right now I'm 45 years old. So that was when I was 12 years. Uh, I, my, my dad gave me my first computer, which was an Atari 800XL. And uh, I was amazed by that thing. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was starting to, to play, uh, interesting games there. And, uh, but then I realized with a cousin that, uh, that he told me, you know, you can't, you can't start programming. And I said, yeah, can I? Yeah, sure. I, I'll tell you how. So I started coding and, and then there was that thing that I don't know how to express it. It was something like. It blew my mind. It was something like, oh, my God, I can create games. Of course, the first games were on basic, yeah. and they were really simple. It was like, I don't know, get a random number between 1 and 10, and then you put the number, and no, it's bigger, or it's lower, or it's like that. It was so simple games. And then I created my own version of that thing, but for Back to the Future, and I created something like that. And, you know, that starts to grow on me. And uh, uh, and then I have like a very dormant period of, of that because I get into u the university and then you got to study things that you don't like very much. Right. Uh, but at the end, thanks to um, I, thanks to the revolution of the of the iPhone, uh, there was when Steve Jobs made made that presentation. I was like, oh, dude, maybe this is, this is my chance to, to get out of what I'm doing. I, I, I've been like coding since, as I mentioned, I was, I was like 12 years old. But during my career, it was like databases, websites, a lot of boring things. And, and, but at the end, I wanted to create games. It was, it was like, okay, that, that was my, the origin of all this. So yeah, once the, the iPhone was released and uh, Steam got into play and, uh, you know, you don't have to be the big studio to create your own things and you just have to have a quality product. And I say, yeah, I can do that. So yeah, we started to do that. Well, that's awesome. So coding at 12 years old. Um, so was it something like, how how did you learn to code at that age? Was it did, were you just looking for any resource that you could? Were you pulling games apart? But that's what's really... The two things, in fact, the two things. I I got lucky because my cousin, he was... Uh, he, he has uh, like two years more than me. And um, he was coding. If I started at 12, he started like at 8. 
In fact, I purchased my, my dad purchased his his older computer, and um, and he gave me a lot of of information and manuals and everything that I needed to start coding. And every time I have a question, it was with him. Oh, I can't solve this problem. How can I solve this problem? And it was like that. It was, to be honest, it, it was like that. And uh, and then in the in the time of basic. When you get into, you know, the five and, and three quarters, I think, five, five or half a disc, you know, and uh, there there was always a way so you can get into the code and you can play this game. I, I don't I don't remember what button was, but I, I can get into the code and see, oh, my God, this is how they solve this problem. OK, let me see it. And it was like that. But of course, we didn't have internet. So things are were really, really difficult for that moment. Yeah, but yeah, that was where everything started. I was gonna say that right now, if I had a question, I could just probably go to YouTube and look it up and be like, "Oh, that's how you do this." So your cousin yeah. was your YouTube. At that the was time. my cousin, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was YouTube before then, and also like, and I guess that's something that I take for granted because also like you know I remember playing games like Mist that came on like I think it must have been like on eight um eight um three by five discs at the time, if I'm remembering that correctly. And you're right, like we didn't, you could just open up all the files and you could figure out what was going on there. And now it's, you can still do that if you have the know, the know how to do that. So that's probably a little bit different. So it's probably an easier way to start that way and then to get into that. So um talking about those, those games, I, I almost said old games. I didn't want to, you know, uh, I didn't want to say that you were old or anything, but um <laughs> talking about those older games, do you have an old game that was like a huge influence on you at the time that really said, this is what I want to do? Well, uh, I, I remember two games. Uh, w- w- when I think about that, I, I think that my retro games uh, and that, that takes me to Atari console. And uh, yes, I, I, I I played with Atari console. That that was that was my first console, and uh, I remember two games particularly that I loved in Atari. One was Adventure, uh, which was a game where you're basically a knight that has to go through some places, and you you have to 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 get a, a chalice. I think I don't remember right now, but it it, it was a quest. It was basically a quest, and of course you were just a dot. Yeah. That's that's the only thing. That was the character was a dot, and uh, but I remember that that game especially because it was it was the first time that, it, that the game has three levels. One that was really easy. The second was okay, more complicated, and the third one was with dragons, and, and you kill the dragons, and the dragons revive. And it was horrible. And uh, um, and I remember being a kid, and my dad was playing, and 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 I was I, I'm get, I, I was always getting anxious because. My dad was trying to, he was playing with me and he was saying, no, let's go to the dragon. I say, no, not to the dragon. It was, it was fantastic. I, I still remember that. And, um, and, and the other thing that, that amazed me about that game is, uh, the, the, the creator, the creator that was, uh, Warren Robinett, he, he created the first Easter egg. I, and I didn't know that. And it was fantastic. If you go to some a specific place in the game and you, Pick that thing, and you get to to the end of the game. Then you can see that he was the guy that created the game. And for me, that was oh, this is this is fantastic, you know, because he he couldn't by right he couldn't say that he was the the creator of the game, so he decided to put it on an Easter egg. 
And I was, oh, dude, that was really, really fantastic. And the other game, of course, uh, like classics, is Pac-Man uh, of, of, of Toru Iwatani. Everything is, yeah, you know, it's, it's Pac-Man. What, what can I say about that one? And the other game that I love was Defender for, for Atari. Uh, a lot of action, and I, I love the, how it feels when, when you uh, shot. And, uh, yeah, that's... That's where, where, where everything started with, with these games. And uh, yeah, from that to, to what we have today, uh, even though it's, we're moving in that same direction of, of this style of a retro with more, you know, better graphics. But yeah, that was where everything started. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you're right. We, we are seeing like a resurgence of the retro style. And I think. Like, I am a huge fan of like the 16 bit era, just because that's kind of like the era, the era that I really, really came into like loving games was, you know, Super Nintendo land era. So, and it's always, and that's been an art style that I think, you know, when you talk about the Nintendo 64, PlayStation one, like those art styles don't carry over as good as something as the 16 bit art era. And that's something that as you see more of them, you see things like dead cells um, and those games that they're kind of using yeah. that pixel art and the game that you guys are making last soul. It has, you know, it harkens back to that era, but it also brings all the new things that, you know, game developers have learned to those franchises that make them really unique. And also I think it'll make them so that they will kind of stand the test of time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of players my age that are like, man, I would love to, I would love to play that game again. But some of those systems are just a little bit older. You know, we talk, we think about Final Fantasy systems like turn-based attacks from Final Fantasy, um, six. And you're like, I really love this art style, but man, it's, it's really a slog to get through these turn-based, um, (laughs) these turn-based battles. So, you know, just kind of making things new is really cool. Yeah. And Tony, like looking at, um, looking behind you. You have a ton of memorabilia behind you. Comics, movie posters. Like, how big yeah. of an influence were comics and movie posters on you? Obviously, it's a pretty big one, but, like, what got well, you... What do you pull from those to make to make your video games? Oh, dude. I think it's everything, you know? It's... For me, it's having all things... Um, I, I think that, that we... It, it doesn't matter how old you get. I think you, you have to have a mindset, you know, like an innocent mindset to create games. You, you cannot be, I don't know, critic about, about what you're doing. Everything is possible. You, you, get to, you get to think that everything is possible. I remember when, when I was a kid, really kid, it was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old. Uh, a, a friend of my mom asked me, what do you want to be when you are, you are an adult? When you grown up, sorry, when you grown up, and I told her, I want to be a kid, and she, I, I remember that she, she smiled at me, uh, but it was something like she was like, "Hmm, that's interesting," and uh, yeah, well, right now I'm a parent, of course, I have my responsibilities, but you know, I need to have a connection with that, and uh, many of the things that you see here in my studio are gift from my wife most of the things and uh but of course what is the influence for a guy for example like george lucas it's for me it's oh dude um what what can i say i i that's that's the origin for all the the geek that is inside me 
came from Star Wars. Absolutely, from Star Wars. Robots. Uh, when I was a kid, Messenger said uh, it was for me. Oh, that was the, the best robot ever. And uh, yeah, th- th- those are the things that in time uh, makes me to, okay, now I can create games. Now I can have all this knowledge that I have and let's make it, uh, let, let's make games. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So if Marvel comes to you and says, Tony, you get to pick a character, like you get to make a game. What character do you pick? If you oh, that's really easy. That character is Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> right on and so you make an iron man game is it is it like a 2d platform or what kind of if you, your dream video game that you can make of iron man what would it be we can hash this out we can sell it sell it to disney right now uh it will be a vr game absolutely uh i i think that everybody would like to have the armor of iron man and try to play like iron man and see you know all the things in in the um, virtual reality as the way that Iron Man do. Uh, if I have the chance to, to, to create a game, definitely it will be Iron Man and in VR. And, uh, yeah, this, that will be a fantastic. Well, there you go. Here you go. Yep. There you go. You've got your arc reactor powering you right now. (laughs) And I, and I imagine as a, you know, building video games, you probably need a little extra boost from time to time from your arc reactor. So speaking Absolutely. of speaking of video games, Tony, let's kind of jump and talk about um, the studio Willem uh, Limited and the video game that you guys are making, Last Soul. Can you tell me a little bit about Last Soul, and then you know we can talk about how that project is going for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I can take you a bit about that. Um, so Last Soul started like um, five months ago, and uh, and it started like a story. I I started to 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 write down a story. And uh, it turns out that the story was really interesting. I, I didn't know in that moment what I was going to do with that story. Uh, but at the end, it was like, hmm. In that moment, I was doing uh, hyper-casual games. And I say, I think this could be a great starting point for a, a more formal game for platforms. And, uh, and then I talked to Fernando. And I, I bring the story to him. Um, and I asked him, what, what do you think? And he told me, I think the, the story is fantastic. So I think we should do this. So he's, he's the producer right now of the, of the game. And, uh, Fernando Mello, by the way. And he, he told me, can you do that in one week, in one, in one month? Like, can you have a demo in one month? I said, oh, dude, that was real difficult, but let me see what can I do. So it turns out that I, I did it in, in two, months or something like that uh because of course we we all have all the things to do and uh but it was good enough for presenting he 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 wanted me to be quick on the process because we're going to have a lot of opportunities due to the COVID. the COVID has really bad things but for the developers it's, it opens a lot of opportunities because there are a lot of people that wants to invest the money to create new games. A lot of people, because of course, the the, the all the money that they are making right now, it's it's insane. And um, so there was this this uh, you know conversation that we're going to have and events that we're going to have with investors, and they say, okay, can you do something really fast? So I did it, 
I did uh, the first level, the, the uh, a level demo for the game uh, where we can show the potential of the game, but it, it was not the story. So it's just the features of the game. And, uh, well, we, we talked with a lot of, of investors and some, of course, they say, well, this is not the, the genre that we are interested into. But some of them told us, I think this is interesting, but you have to improve your, uh, your art. Uh, and we were prepared for that because I did that like, oh my God, like, like in two weeks. And, um, and said, okay, fantastic. Okay. So call us back when your art is better and we want to test the game. So it was like, okay, the, the close, the, I'm sorry, the, the door wasn't closed. It was something like, show me more and we'll talk later. So I think that right now we are in the very good level of, of aesthetic of the game. And uh, yeah, we're just about to, to show it to the, to the investors. And then from that point, it's going to take us around one year to have a final uh, version of the game uh, working. But of course, um, we are opening the doors to the, uh, the players and the gamers that want to try the game in a demo state, which is very basic. Um, and because we want the feedback from them, uh, we're trying to do a game for you to understand. We're trying to do a game in terms of aesthetic as good as Katana Zero, for example. And we know that that's going to take time. Uh, but that's, that's our goal. Our goal is to make a really good game. So, um, and again, we're also, there is a story that uh, it was, I, I mean, this, this is a shooter game, but we want to create also a story where any human can relate to. And they say, when, when they finish the game, they, they could say, oh, dude, this is a really good game. Not just because of the action, but because of the story behind the action and that they can say, oh, dude, this, this was fantastic. I want to play the game again because this game was really awesome. So that's a plan. That's that's what we're trying to do with with Last Soul. Very cool. So um, it, so is it kind of like an early access situation, or is it more just because you know we, we there are some games now that are starting into early access and they've found a lot of success with that. Is that kind of what you guys are trying to do with the demos, or is it a little bit different just because it is a demo of the game? No. No, in, in the in the case of that we have right now, it's not an early access. It's just a demo, okay. so we can show the the people the features that uh, we're going to present in the game, and to have some kind of feedback from them. Because sometimes you know you're working in your game and you have ten hours a day or twelve hours a day, and everybody in the team is is doing their best, but you know you are like in the fire. Yeah. And sometimes you don't see some things that are, hey, for example, I, I ask my son or my daughter, which are 13 and 11, and hey, what do you think about this? Oh, you should change this. Oh, this. oh my God, that's obvious. Yeah, how could I think about that? And it was because you were on the fire. You, you, you couldn't see the things. So what we want is to uh, translate that to, to the fans. Uh, right now, we are having the support of the fans. Right now, we have 11,000 followers on Instagram, 5,000 on, 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 on Twitter, and we have a lot of signups right now. So there is people that want to play the game and want, they, 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 they express to us that, 
you know, it's very nice that when, when you're creating a game to be open to the, to the gamers, to ask for our opinion before launching the game. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, okay, we have this idea. Uh, can you see it? Can you try it? Can you play the demo and tell us, give us the feedback, give us how we can improve your experience to make this one the best ever. So, and we want to try that in the early stage, not at the, you know, when, when we're around three months to launch the game, because that, that will be too late. We were trying to do this in the early stage so we can make the fixings as soon as possible and then translate that, that to the rest of the process. So that's it. It's, it's just a demo for trying and give us feedback about it. Well, I think that's great because like you said, you're getting, you're getting that feedback so much earlier because a lot of times we, you know, we always get those demos. They, they always say, you know, we want these feedback sessions, these demos of these games that are going to release in three months. But it's like, well, we know none of the feedback that we are going to tell you from, for these big studios is going to make a difference now because of their process of, um, how they make the game in their pipeline. So. For you all to get the feedback now and actually be able to implement that seems like a very smart way to make a game that your player base is already going to enjoy and want to play. So for listeners of the show, Tony, like where do they go in order to sign up to get that demo? Oh, that's really simple. Uh, you have two options. In fact, you have several options, but the main options are to go to woolen.com and immediately as, as the, the screen uh, loads, you're going to have a, an, a section with, which said sign up to stay in the loop and gain access to the pre-releases apps, but that applies as well to games. So you just have to, we're not, we're not going to ask you for the name of your grandma or the age of your, of your, of your puppy. It's just your email. So that's the only thing that we need. You sign up and there you're done. And as soon as the demo is released, you're going to receive an email with a, with a key code to access the game and, of course, to play it. And the other option is to go to Twitter and send us a direct message saying, I want to play with this. And um, and then, yeah, of course, we're going to ask you the same thing, which is your email. And that's the only thing. We, we only need your, your email so you can uh, play the demo. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's it's so simple that, you know, it, you guys have, seems like you've streamlined it in a way that you make it so anyone can get in there, anyone can sign up. And all you need is email. And I think we all have like 40 emails that we could use to sign up. So um, is there, can you tell us a little bit about the story, Tony? Or is that something that we're still kind of under wraps until we get closer? Oh, no, to no, it? no. I, I can't tell you the, the first part of the story okay, because good. at the end you're going to see it uh, at the beginning of the game. So um, this is a game, this is a sci-fi game. And uh, and in the story, uh, there was a, a, ter a terrible AI uh, war and uh, during the, 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 this war, um, the, the, the humans were uh, of control of the, of the AI, and they decided to create a bigger AI, which is called Cyberbeam. And Cyberbeam was uh, uh, an AI that took control of the rest of the, of the AI, and uh, they wiped up everything. And um, so... The humans started a society, a perfect society, where everything was provided by this cyber being. Everything. Uh, people doesn't have to work. They don't have to do anything. Everything was provided by cyber being. And the problem was that the, the humans start to lost 
their soul. They are they were they were like like zombies, not eating brains, but they were like zombies because they, they didn't have anything for what to fight or what to you know adore or love or whatever to feel passion. So uh, the same scientist that created Cyberbean realized this, and he he decided he he saw what was the error that he he made, and he decided to create uh, this hero of the game, which is called Bob. And Bob is a guy that is going to start like a, basically like a kid, and he's going to learn uh, as as the game progress and what is his role in terms of saving the, the humans. And uh, you're going to play like Bob, and you are going to evolve as the game progress. So, I mean, the, the first version of Bob is not going to be the last version of Bob. And uh, it, it has some kind of drama in the process as well. And uh, But the thing is about that is, is uh, what is the last soul? So m- maybe Bob is the last soul that, that we have in the, in the planet. So that's why uh, the title that we decided for, for, the, for the game was was last soul, or it, it could be some somebody else that Bob is going to save. So that's the things that that our gamers will have to discover when when they play the game. Oh, very cool! I love that premise. That sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. So, so you'll be able to. You're not just going to stay as the as the same guy in the beginning. You're going to be able to evolve as the game goes on, and and I imagine probably gain power ups and new abilities as you go sure. on. Um, is it going to be kind of like a Metroidvania, or is it more just two D platform? Um... It's it's going to be more two D platform. Okay. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, of features that haven't been tested. Well, that, that we didn't see before, to be honest. And uh, we're trying to combine them. And um, in terms of of what is going to be like a like a different thing for the character and the powers that, that he's going to have. Uh, we're pretty sure that there there is going to be really really unique about it. So Good. yeah, that's awesome. I I am excited to jump in and try the demo, and I hope all the listeners um sign up as well and take the opportunity to provide the feedback. I know that a lot of the listeners of our podcast um really enjoy providing feedback. They enjoy playing games. Um, yeah. and they enjoy um interacting with developers. So I think you get you all are very open to doing that. And and speaking of your studio, Tony. Um, how, how, how many people do you have in, in Woolham? Is it a, is it a large studio? Is it a small studio? How many people are working on Last Soul? That's, that's a good thing about being a, a, a small studio that decisions can go really fast. Uh, so in our studio, we're five people. Uh, one guy that is in charge of the, of the concept art, uh, which is Marcus Oriente. He's a fantastic guy creating art, which is, really stunning uh, i worked with him before in other projects and uh, and i was in love with his with his work so we said every time that that i have an idea is going to marcus and say okay i have this idea about i need this world with this kind of of uh, buildings or or characters and the characters should look like this one but this one and he's always going to the drawing pay drawing and in photoshop and Delivers the other guy is um, Mike Words, which Mike Word, sorry, Mike Word, which is the the uh, pixel artist, fantastic guy creating uh, art. Um, I'm trying to do my best on pixel art, 
and learning. I think pretty good, but but always Mike is is better than me. And um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic uh, guy. Uh, of course, is is we have Fernando Fernando Melo, which is the the producer of the of the project. Uh, we have Freddy Estape, which is the guy in uh, in charge of the music. Uh, what we're planning with the music of of Last Soul is to have a complete band um, of at least twenty or thirty songs that people can also download. But the music could be so beautiful that people can say, "Oh, I want to, yeah, I, I want to listen to the music of Last Soul because it's really amazing." And um, and well, I'm, I'm the guy which is closing all this. And uh, I'm the guy to make make the code and uh, I'm putting all these things together into the package that is going to be on the on the game. But I think, to be honest, that the most important people here is the artistic guys. They are the most essential. Well, I th- I think like looking at the pixel art that we have seen so far, because you guys have put out some pixel art of some like before and after, yeah. and you can really see like. Even just the tiniest details kind of take those characters like up to the next level. And from the, the subtle changes of the lighting and how they move, like the pixel art looks beautiful. And so you can yeah. definitely see the care that your team has taken into, you know, if we, if we go the extra step, not just settle for what we have now, but if we go the extra step, it'll look that much better. And, and it looks, it looks really good. I'm really excited. Like pixel art. Even though it's it's so simple, you can do some of the coolest oh, yeah. complex things with it to really like have your imagination take over and fill in a lot of the holes um, for pixel art. And so far, I think it looks beautiful. Um, and-, and and you know what? There, there's one thing that has been great, which is that we show different versions of, for example, a character to the people in Twitter or in Instagram, and we say which is the one that you like the most. And that's fantastic when people say, I want the number one, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two. Okay, that's the number two is going to, is going to, is a winner. That's, that's something that the social media has helped us a lot because we can, every time that we get into, into a discussion, I like one, I like two, I like three. Okay, let's go to social media and let's solve that in social media. So it's fantastic with, with the people, you know, having the contact of who, the, the, the guys that are going to be your gamers and say, I like this character. That's, that's awesome. And so with the five person team and the pandemic that we've been having in the year 2020, <laughs> um, like how has that process been? Were you a remote studio in the beginning? Were you guys meeting together um, before last solar or has it been remote the entire time? We always have been remote the entire time. Uh, in fact, we are distributed uh we we are two guys in calgary we are two guys in edmonton uh and there is one guy in colombia so it's absolutely we, we are all over the place so and uh we said the we, we just uh communicate every day about how we are advancing in every you know every area and uh and asking to the others hey i'm trying to do this how, how do i solve this oh you can do this and this and this and if you have to have a meeting you, you don't have to take an hour to make a meeting you can just you know go to discord and say okay c- can i talk with you 10 minutes yeah sure okay let's go and and that's it i i think that that has been fantastic and that also shows to the to the investors that it's possible 
before COVID, many people was concerned about people working at home. It was like, oh, dude, this is not going to work and the companies are not going to work. And some people that was about to make investments in you as a publisher, as an investor, they were always concerned about, okay, but how are you working every time on your side? Mm, you don't have a place where you are all working together. Well, uh, we have proof that it's possible to work at home, everybody at home, and, uh, and be even more productive than what we used to be. How, how have you been able to balance your, you know, you said you're a father. How do you balance working on games at home, being a dad, being a husband, and doing all of, all of that stuff? Is it just, hey, I'm locking my door, don't bug me until I come out? Or is it kind of like, you know, you work here, you play here, work here, play there? How do you manage that? Yeah, you know, that's, that's tricky because one of the problems that I have in my life is that my work is my passion. So when your work is your, is your passion, it's something like it never stops, you know? It's, it's, it is always with you. It is always with you. I, I'm trying sometimes to disconnect, you know, uh, because I, I have to, I, have, I need time to relax and to clean my mind and to continue working. Uh, but it's something like, yeah, this is, this is my place. This is where, where I feel happy. And that's what happened with the other guys as well. We are right now, before getting the, the, the publishers and the investors, we're basically working on that with the time that we take from the, away from the work and trying to do something else and, you know, moving on. And, uh, but they always do it with a smile. And that's fantastic, you know, because it, this is a promise. This is just a promise in this stage. But all these guys, every time I meet with them, is with a smile, will always smiling and laughing. Oh, well, what about it? We can add this and add this. And that's fantastic. So, yeah, it's difficult for me to, to move that between my worlds. But of course, my, my kids are, well, are the most essential part of me. So, uh, but it's good as well that they are gamers. So yeah. that makes things even easier. <laughs> so, what video games are your are your kids into right now? What what ages oh, are they? Yeah. And what are they into? totally different to, to what I'm doing? Totally different. Yeah, the kids right now is like triple uh, A, very high definition. My son right now is is a Fortnite, you know, geek. Um, bad geek on, on Fortnite. Uh, my daughter is more, uh, you know, it's more like she loves Undertale, for example. Yeah. And uh, she, she likes like having characters, more small char characters and, uh, and playing stories. She's more like that. Uh, but of course, she also has this time, uh, where is the, um, the, I don't remember right now, but there, there is another games AAA games that she always liked to uh, uh, to play. So, yeah. But they saw my game. <laughs> yeah. They saw my game. And they say, oh, that, that's looking really cool. Uh, they try my game. And, they, and, the, and then I told them, wait, why didn't you use all the buttons? And, and then they say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are these features? They're really cool. So, yeah. If they say so, and they're brutally honest, I think that I, we have a future. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and is that something like you're gonna you're gonna hey you should come try to help me make video games or is that like if they're into it they're into it but you're not gonna like steer them towards or away if they want to become a video game developer well i've been working uh with them overall for the for the period of the COVID because they they weren't out of of, of the school and uh i tried to put them you know to use their minds so i my son started to to create coding on unity i i told him okay these are these basic tutorials and you can start there and uh and uh, my daughter was uh, starting to create models because she's like another world she started to create models in blender 3d models in blender and i say okay fantastic guys because you know for the time that 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 that, that i born uh I need to go to the university to have success. And times has changed dramatically. And today, as I told them, you know, guys, you have these tools. You have internet, dude. And and everything that, that you want to learn is there. It is on internet. And uh, so I'm trying to push them, not not because I want them to follow my my lead. It is more like, you know, this is a tool. You can work for that. And you can make money on that and you can be happy. If you want to do this, great. If you want to do something else, great too. But, but it's, it's not like my dad that was some, a doctor. I uh, never thought about me being a doctor. And, uh, but, you know, it was something like, oh, that's too complicated. Uh, no, this is not. You, you, can't, you can't start learning coding 12 years old, 8 years old. Now there's 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 the potential and, and i'm blown away that most of these tools are also free just yeah. to start using them like you don't have to pay you know the thousands of dollars that you used to in order to download these programs and just start learning it's amazing how many tools are out there for people to start learning on so i think it's pretty awesome that you know anyone can really just pick up and like you said before you've got the internet you have tutorials you have free tools like if you want to do it you just have to carve out a little bit of time and learn something new so tony yeah, absolutely. i i um what, what am i trying to say i wanted to thank you for taking your time out of the day to talk to me about last soul i think again um it is it is always so cool when developers are open with players I think it creates um, better communities. I think it creates larger communities when de developers are open and willing to have that dialogue. Um, I think, unfortunately, like that, that really only happens to that extent in the indie department because I think indie devs are more open to getting that feedback. Like, you yeah. know, it seems like the AAA department is there. They're always so locked down under. All these different legal constraints because of publisher de publishing deals and all that other stuff. So being able to talk to, you know, smaller teams that are excited to talk about their game, excited to be working on their game because it's something that they're creating, something that they love. I always enjoy that because again, it goes back to, you know, our, why we love talking to developers because humans make video games and everyone has a story and Again, it's like fun to talk with you about, you know, about comic books and the things that, you know, made you into the developer you are now from a cousin teaching you how to code and, you know, pulling apart old Atari games. I'm sure when you were playing adventure, you know, we always, there's that meme going around that's like, Oh, this is the most, these are the most realistic graphics I've ever seen. <laughs> and, you know, and in adventure, it was only a block at the time. And you, you know, you yeah. see the stuff that we have now, but you know, video games have a power. 
to take us to different worlds, even if it was just a block. Even if, you know, you are just playing Pitfall and, you know, the alligators look like, you know, tiny little flat shoes playing Pitfall. They have a power to transport someone. And, you know, we all need a little bit of transportation in 2020 away from everything that's happening. And, And video games give us that. So I am always very appreciative to developers that take the time to work on these games because it's not easy, right? Making yeah. video games is hard. Um, we hear that a lot. And you can see by all the articles when, you know, bigger studios talk about crunch and developers, you know, just sleeping at studios so that they can make things work. And, you know, developers that are willing to do that because they believe in the project. And it's, you know, something that sometimes we take for for granted as players that, hey, we pay our $60. We say, hey, this was really fun. Thanks for it. You know, while developers are trying to catch their breath after, you know, crunching for a year and a half on a game. So, and you probably hear it a lot, but as a consumer of video games, I want to say thank you for all your hard work on the things that you do. (laughs) Because I I definitely think that, you know, you all deserve the credit for putting in the time for creating these experiences in people. Because it's not like movies. Like, movies can give us a little bit of escape for a couple hours. But, you know, video games give us, you know... For me personally, it's always something that play a game and then I'm just thinking about it, you know, for hours afterwards, you know, how it impacted me, like, you know, the story beats, the the art and the music that went into these things. It's not a small thing. So, um, sorry, I usually always just like start rambling on at the end of these interviews because I just, you know, (laughs) I'm very appreciative of all the work that developers put into the video game. So. So, Tony, I really appreciate it. Do you want to, um, one last time, plug um, Last Soul and the website where people, again, can go in order to um, download, the, get into the demo so that they can give you feedback? Yeah, of course. Well, the, the first option is to get to woolen.com, W-U-L-U-M.com, and uh, just leave your, uh, you have a space where it says sign up to stay in the loop and gain access to the pre-release um, just leave your, your email there, or you can go to Twitter, which is at Woolum Games, and um, you can send us a DM, a direct message with your email, and we'll handle the, the sign up for you. And as soon as the, de- the demo is, is released, you're going to receive your key code to download uh, Lasso, and of course, we'll be waiting for your feedback to see how we can improve your experience. Awesome. Thank you, Tony, very much again. And everyone, please go do that and support indie developers and get your feedback heard. So everyone, thank you very much for tuning in to Humans Make Games. And remember to please be kind to each other.